Bonjour, mes beautés, and thank you for being with me on this free call. I've been so excited to share more with you live about not simply life in Paris and not only my life in Paris, but I think more importantly, how life in Paris has transformed me. I've lived here for nearly two years now. Those of you who are new to my story, I first came to Paris as a piano student during college, and that was almost 20 years ago now. So Paris has been a big part of my story. That is for certain. And I've been speaking French for about that amount of time too. So what is unique about my story with Paris and my relationship with French culture is that it really has been transmitted to me via the language. So I think the the best place to start is simply the the general ways in which I have transformed since moving to Paris. Now these are elements that Maybe we're percolating in a, in a state of transformation over the years as I was coming to Paris on vacation, working with French people in New York, spending time with French friends, being you know in romantic relationships with French people. I've stayed in very close contact with this culture even when living in the United States. But that said, now living in Paris for almost two years, hard, hard to believe, Time flies, especially when it feels like you're dreaming. Now living here, these have really become solid transformations because I'm living in the culture and everything, the way that I think, the way that I feel, the way that I react, the way that I present myself is all um, you know, in front of this palette, this backdrop of Paris, of France, of French culture. And just to help you also understand more where I'm coming from, I'm obviously American. I spent my childhood in Michigan, so I have good Midwestern roots. And I spent my young adulthood through college in Northern California. So I have this sort of, from an American cultural perspective, I have this mix of Midwestern and Northern California. Those of you who live in California, you know why I'm being specific when I say Northern California. I did live in LA for six years, and I also lived in New York for eight years. Uh, but I'd say, you know, as far as an American, culturally, I'm very Midwestern and Californian. So the way, the main way in which I have changed, I've transformed, rather, I prefer to say transform than change because we can never really change who we are, more on that later, uh, living here in Paris is my confidence. Now, this might surprise many of you because I'm sure from the outside, you know, my, my French journey, my journey to Paris, starting my own business, none of that can be done without confidence, clearly. But I'm talking about confidence in my interactions with other people on a daily basis, confidence in my friendships, confidence in, in, confidence in the way that I love, confidence in the way that I care, and confidence in the way that I care for myself. Now, one, one way in which I have not transformed is that, and you can hear it in my voice, I still smile a lot. I'm American. You can take the girl out of the United States, but you can't take all of the United States out of the girl. Uh, and I love 
bringing joy to people's lives and a smile certainly brings a lot of joy. That said, living in Paris, I am a little more um, mindful of when I smile because it's not really a culture here where you're going to just smile at every stranger on the street. Actually, that's not the culture at all. But, you know, my my tailor who I see often, which you'll hear about in a minute, or, you know, people, the, the people that work at the boulangerie I go to, I see them very often. Even though I see them all the time, I still vous voyez them. I still dr- address them as vous because essentially we are, we're not strangers, but I've never had dinner at their home. I don't know the name of their spouse or their children. Um, but that said, though, this this familiarity that has been created through repetition is one that um, makes for a relationship that's appropriate for lots of smiles. So the people that I interact with on a regular basis, even like I was, I've been spending a lot of time at this cafe that I love in the sixth, in the sixième, called Le Bonaparte. I know all of the the serveurs, the waiters there now. Now I don't know them. I've never had any interaction with them outside of the cafe, but we recognize each other. So when I go in, I don't simply say, bonjour, I say, bonjour, vous allez bien? Hi, you're doing well? Now, you would never say that walking into a random cafe where you don't know the people. You certainly could, and it might make them giggle a little a little bit, especially if they hear an Anglophone accent, because you know we can really get away with those things as Anglophones, because they know that we have a culture that, um, you know, you could call it a culture that is friendlier. I prefer to think of it as a culture that extends itself a little bit more to other people. So on that note, I've also become a lot less apologetic as I've become Parisienne. This is something that I find fascinating about the French language. You know, in in English, if I bump into you, I'll say, sorry, sorry. In French, if I bump into you, I'll say, pardon. Now in French, if I say, je suis désolé, I'm sorry, then I've really done something that I'm really, truly sorry for. I've spilled red wine on your white dress. I've said something that has um, offended you, you know, something that I am sorry for. So, so globally, I've become a lot less apologetic, but this too is very much tied to the the evolution in my self-confidence. One of the things that I cherish so much about French culture, about the French people and the way that they relate to one another, particularly I'm talking about in friendships and family and in romance, is they have an enormous amount of self-respect. Now, sometimes this can be rough for us as Anglophones because what comes with this is this pride in having an in, pardon me, what comes with this is a, is a pride in one's opinion and a value placed on having an opinion. So you might, this happened to me, you might, you know, be very excited to take your French friend to a restaurant that you love and you're so excited because you're sure they're going to love it. And they might like it and they also might say, but I know one that's even better that you're going to love even more. Now, as an Anglophone, we're eager to please. That can sting. But as a French person, they're not saying that in a way in which they mean to sting. It's, um, there's, a, there's a pride here in having an opinion. And there's a self-respect in expressing one's opinion. 
So I've certainly become less apologetic. I've uh, learned to really respect myself. I've learned to really know what I like and what I like to do, to know what I don't like and what I don't like to do, and to say it. And it was tough for me at first. Even the simple question, what kind of food do you want to eat tonight? My knee-jerk reaction was, oh, I don't care. What do you want to eat? Now, for me, my life experience and, you know, and, you know, having, like I said, grown up in the Midwest in California, now living in France, for me, that was a very American way of reacting that I used to have. And I love my new French way. And it was hard at first because I had to find a way to really uh, to own what I like and what I want and in a way to really trust that that person is asking me what I want to do because they want to know what I want to do and they are prepared to do what, what pleases me, right? What would, what would make me happy? Whereas in Anglophone culture, oftentimes we are much more focused on making the other person happy um, it's a sign, you know, for us, it's very, it's very um, respectful to put someone else's wishes above ours. But what's great about French culture, especially this example, we're just talking about what restaurant we want to eat in. If you can't say what kind of food you feel like eating tonight, then, you know, good luck saying what you want with the bigger things in life, right? So I've certainly learned to own what I love to own my opinions and to not be afraid to share them, including, including in romance, you know, and, and I'm sure what I'm about to, this is a whole huge topic and I'm sure this is going to, uh, I hope, be really interesting food for thought and comforting for, for many of you listening I've learned to say what I want in love and I've learned to, to not be as afraid in love or dating. Now, what do I mean by this? So any of you, any of you listening who have dated in the United States, so this is a whole thing, this, is, uh, this American dating style. We don't do this in France and French people think that this is the strangest way of relating to another human Ever. They find it selfish. They find it disrespectful. They find it a waste of time. And I remember when I was dating in the United States, first of all, I was coming from a place of, you know, oh, of course, aren't we all wanting to be loved and you know, maybe feeling like I needed a relationship. And don't get me wrong, of course, French people want to be loved. And, you know, and there's a huge, one of the main pillars of society here is family and, you know, and, and a traditional family structure includes marriage. So, so, you know, they have the same pressures here too. But what's beautiful about the way the French meet and connect and fall in love, notice I did not say date. I said meet, connect, and fall in love is that they go for it. And this is why, especially as American women, we can be just so hit with romance when we're dating a French person because it's such a relief to be with someone who just puts it out there, what they want, you know, and especially if what they want is you. Now, here's the thing. As, as Anglophones, 
or I can really only say as, as an American because my experience is as an American dating. Um, you know, the whole dating system, the way I see it now, it really is a way to kind of hedge your bets. You can date a few people and see which one wants to be with you, or you can date a few people and see which one you want to be with. But I really, really, truly agree with the French now. What a waste of time. Because when you know, you know. And what better thing to do than to just tell that person in front of you or show them, you know, show them by calling them more, texting them more, asking them if they want to do something tomorrow that, that you know, that you know that, that, you, that it's highly likely that you are going to fall in love with them. And if it doesn't work out, if you're not met with the re- reaction that you hope for, great, because little time has been wasted. Or if it does work out, but it only works out for a few months, then it's a beautiful love story. Or if it only works out for a few years, then it's a beautiful love story. Or if it works out forever, then it's a beautiful love story. The French have this amazing way. Now, this is one of the, there's so much hype about, you know, French style and and all of this stuff, which I'll get more into in a few minutes. Um, and so much of it for me is, is relatively true, but in a very superficial way. And I don't mean superficial in a negative way. I mean that literally, very surface way. But when it comes to romance and the things that you know we get from French films, I mean, it's very spot on. They love love. They value love stories. And that's why France, I mean, it's, it's an amazing place to fall in love. It's also, it's also honestly... I think the best place to experience heartache because a French person will wish you a good transition, a good transition as you get from your disappointment to your new place of strength. And that's what it is, right? It's, it's, it's a transition. And French people will really put value on the story. They'll say, you know, oh, une, une belle histoire d'amour a beautiful love story. They really have this magical way with all things, with interpersonal relations, you know, with, with more, um, you know, things that are more um, like exterior beauty, like style, design, etc. They really have this way of valuing and honoring what is and not gilding the lily. They really have this great way of honoring human nature you know, in a French weekend a couple of weeks ago, I had this amazing interview where Jane Birkin talks about Serge Gainsbourg's relationship with Brigitte Bardot, right? Now, this is before Jane was with Serge. So this is, you know, normally you would think would be a touchy topic. But of course, you know, Brigitte and Jane worked together and they were friends, et cetera, et cetera. But what I love about that interview is you really get from Jane. Now, she's English, but she's very, very, very very much French in her, in her way of thinking and being, you really get from her this acceptance of human nature, you know, and I'm sure maybe, you know, there was some jealousy along the way. Who knows? It's human nature, but this way she has in this interview of just, of really assessing the relationship that Serge had with Brigitte and you get this sense of, um, you know, not needing everything to look like a fairy tale, but instead loving that things look like real life. 
And that I love. That I really, really love. Now, beyond the scope of romance when it comes to friendship and family, I think that the French do a beautiful job of embodying this concept of actions speak louder than words. Now, with friendships, this is why people often, foreigners often say it's very hard to make French friends. Most of my French friends I know because um, they're circles that I was introduced to through a very good friend that I worked with in New York or For example, my host sister when I was a student here, we're very, very close today. I'm close with her friends, things like that. Because with the French, it's it's a it's a slow cook. The friendship love is a slow cook, meaning, you know, in America we're very quick to go on feeling with a person and and assume which I think is great. You know, by the way, the French think that our capacity to be positive and optimistic is truly literally amazing and wonderful. But in America, we have this, you know, we really want to believe that this might be our next best friend or we might be friends forever. In that way, we do friendships more like they do love. We do friendships more like they do love. Isn't that interesting? Which makes sense because we go into a new friendship with a lot less fear about being rejected than we go into love. So they go into friendships more like we do dating with a little bit of distance, kind of slowly integrating the person into their life, spending more time together, sharing experiences, and then by doing this naturally, getting to know the person's life, their family, where they live, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And when it comes to family in France, it's you know, it's, it's highly valued as it is everywhere in the world, at least I want to believe. Um, they do make more time to actually be together here. Part of that, though, you know, again, juxtaposed against American culture, part of that is simply because the geography is different here. You know, on a two-hour train ride, three-hour train ride, you can get to a lot of places in France. But observing that and observing the beauty and the emotional intimacy that comes from simply spending more time with the people that you love, that has certainly transformed me. That has transformed me as a person. It's made me reinvestigate my values, especially as, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. It's, it's, it's too easy for me to, to, <laughs> become very involved in work every single day, especially because I love my work. I love doing things like what we're doing right now. Um, And it's really reinforced in me that nothing replaces memories made. Nothing replaces memories made. It was funny for me when I first moved here because there are so many holidays and, you know, faire le pont. So what's interesting here in France is it's not like in the United States where, you know, the second Monday of such and such month is always a holiday. Here it goes by date. So you might have a random holiday on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. So people, they faire le pont. Faire le pont is to make the bridge. So if the holiday is on a Tuesday, they'll take Monday off. And I felt like it was like everyone was constantly going away. And I had a lot of resistance to that at first because I quote unquote had so much to do. And I've really understood now the importance of rest. This ties heavily into the French concept of wellness. Rest and also being organized and creating time. 
organizing my schedule in such a way that I create time for relaxation and making memories with loved ones. And this question of work-life balance was really on my mind a lot when I first moved to France as an entrepreneur. So I went to a wonderful, wonderful lecture at a place called The School of Life in English, The School of Life with my French accent, run by an amazing woman. Please follow them on Instagram, The School of Life. Actually, let me just check really quickly that that indeed is their Instagram. And anyway, it was a conference in French all about, or a lecture in French all about work-life balance. So I had to go because also I was very curious to see, you know, what, what the other French people there had to say about work-life balance because here it is. I'm looking it up for you. So I'll get back to you on, oh, here we go. Okay. So I found the one for Sydney in London. So the School of Life Paris, the Instagram is T-S-O-L-F-R, T-S-O-L-F-R. And I actually, uh, I follow them on French is Beautiful. So you can go on the, see who French is Beautiful is following on Instagram to find them. So for me, I was stunned to see that they were doing a lecture on this because I thought, well, France has work-life balance down. What, what, what are all these people going to this conference for? Or this lecture, rather. And it was full. It was sold out. There were maybe, I don't know, maybe 30 of us. And it was fascinating. It was the same things that, you know, everyone struggles with, with work-life balance. Just knowing when to shut off. And this... The answer that I got to this question, how to manage work-life balance, was so profound for me that night that the problem isn't in what the answer is. The problem is the question. And this just blew my mind. And I've actually applied this to any time I have sort of a riddle I'm working out in my head now since this conference. Because for me, it is so very French. There's, there's this expression, so in English we say, you know, to worry about something or to overthink something. In French we say, to ask oneself too many questions. I'd say, you ask yourself too many questions. Tu te poses trop de questions. You ask yourself too many questions. So what this lecture encouraged us to do is instead of asking how to better divide and balance work-life balance, just to how, how to look at our life from a more holistic perspective. And that if we felt guilty because we loved our work, which obviously resonated with me, then to just let ourselves off the hook and let ourselves work and let ourselves dive into our passion, but be sure to create time and organize our workflow in a way that we have time to rest and enjoy loved ones and do whatever makes us feel great, whatever makes us feel like we're taking care of ourselves. I, you know, I lived in LA before I moved to Paris. So for me, before I moved here, my concept of wellness was going to the gym every day, drinking my smoothies with my turmeric, um, you know, having my kale salads, drinking lots of water, not drinking too much wine, uh, meditating. Meditating is a huge thing for me. But I realized since moving here that I was doing all of that, but I was actually doing all of that with a very high level of stress because, you know, stressing about the future as we all do, um, you know, 
overthinking, asking myself too many questions about goals with work. And so my concept of wellness has really transformed since moving to France because whereas before it was very much about the exterior, I mean, I'll be very honest with you, especially I was living in LA, it was very much about, you know, what, um, what's my body weight, um, you know, am I looking rested? But now I'm operating from a much more internal compass. How do I feel? Do I feel tired? Do I feel dehydrated? Do I feel rested? Do I feel like I need connection? Do I feel like I need to spend time with with a loved one, with a friend? Do I feel like I need inspiration? Do I feel like I just need to flenny? You know, I love this word flenny. I had a great debate the other night about how to translate flenny. For me, it's not to, to wander or meander. For me, it's this beautiful concept of of wandering but with purpose wandering without being lost. Do I need to go to a museum? Do I need to go sit in front of a painting? Do I need to go to a movie and just check out and get inspired? Whatever whatever it is, just really focusing more on how I feel both physically as well as as emotionally. Well, and, and I'll add a third one, creatively. Creatively. And there's that word, you know, creative, create again. Uh, it's really important to create time to do these things, you know. I already mentioned I lived in New York for eight years. That was that was an amazing experience, and that was really a high-voltage experience. There was no, I was not creating any time for a rest, but, nor was I interested in that. I was, you know, I got to New York when I was 22, 22 years old, so spent all my 20s there. So rest wasn't really that interesting for me. But, um, you know, my life today, I do create rest and I still, you know, you know, try and drink a lot of water and, um, you know, I have my smoothies with my turmeric. Turmeric in French is curcuma, C-U-R-C-U-M-A. And, you know, have my healthy salads. And, but I also, I also let myself have pleasure you know, je me fais plaisir. I, I give pleasure to myself. I Last night I had a great dinner with a girlfriend visiting from the States. And, you know, I had my side of fries with my mayonnaise and my lentil salad with my bacon and my poached egg. And it was all amazing. It's all about balance. Tonight I'm going to a dinner with um, family friends and I'm making a tartatin and it's going to be amazing and I'm going to love it. But that also means that I probably won't have my Sunday croissant tomorrow. That's another thing about living in France. All of you who come to France on vacation, I encourage you to eat croissant and eat all of that every day. When you start living here, you have to do it in a more balanced way. So Sundays are my croissant confiture, my croissant and jam days, and I love it. So I talked about the concept of wellness Um You know, and I also, specifically about how for me, it's become more of an internal compass now. The same for beauty, actually. Before moving here, I was less focused on the, well, actually, that's not, I was going to say I was less focused on the health of my skin. I was very focused on the health of my skin, but more from a standpoint of, is my skin clear? Less from a standpoint of, is, does my skin look hydrated? 
does my skin look rested? Do I look like a rested person? You know, in French people, when you're good friends with someone, they'll say this to you, like, oh, you look really well rested, right? Or, oh, you look, you look kind of, um, you look stressed. Because you lead with this. You lead with this energy, whether we realize it or not. There's no amount of foundation or concealer that you can put on your face without looking insecure that will cover up the fact that you're stressed out or rested. And on that note, I wear a lot less foundation since living here because my skin's health has improved a lot. I drink a lot more water. I try and follow Ariana Huffington's advice, getting eight hours of sleep a night, not always possible with everything that, that I want to do, that there is to do. Um, but I wear a lot less foundation. I Everything is just sort of pulled back a bit. You know, I really don't like this term effortless that gets thrown around all the time when it comes to French style and beauty because it is not effortless. Everything is done with a lot of attention to detail. Um, there may be a little bit less effort involved, but it's definitely not effortless. I think that the 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 through line here when it comes to French beauty is really to let yourself come through, the health of your skin come through, the the tint of your skin come through. Focus on the the aspects of your your face that are the most unique and only focus on one. People say so often, um, you know, I'm, I can't do a red lip because I look like a clown. Well, you might, <laughs> you might look like a clown if you're doing a red lip and you're doing full on eye makeup too. Pay attention in magazines. French women oftentimes won't wear mascara if they do a red lip. And I know that that sounds crazy, crazy as an American woman thought of not wearing mascara, but it's actually really liberating to do like no mascara light foundation, a little bit of blush, and a red lip and have it be just a little bit pouty and have your skin nice and dewy, um, you know, your hair natural-ish. Like, again, I'm not going to say it's effortless. My stylist here, Cyril Lalou, you can follow him on Instagram, C-Y-R-I-L-L-A-L-O-U-E-H-A-I-R, Cyril Lalou hair. He... I found him through a good friend when I uh, first started spending a lot of time here and he totally transformed my hair because he was trying to encourage me to, to blow it out less. I was doing the full-on blowouts. I only wash my hair every few days because it's so long and thick that it just takes too much time and, and I use you know some great natural dry shampoos um, to kind of help me do that. Um, but still it was, you know, because he kept saying to me, you don't, you have such great texture in your hair. Why are you blowing your hair out? And I would say, well, it's frizzy. And he said, well, your hair is frizzy because it's traumatisé, it's traumatized. So I took his advice and for, I think it was at least six months, I want to say maybe a year after a while I lost track, I stopped blowing out my hair. I might use a hair dryer, you know, just so that it wasn't wet after I let it air dry at home. I would wash it either um, in the evenings or early in the mornings, giving it time to air dry. And he was totally right. My hair, after taking care of it, became so much less frizzy that today 
I don't even need to do a blowout if I don't want to. I can let it dry naturally and then use a large curling iron to just kind of go over the ends and use some product to smooth away some flyaways. So if you're one of those women that's saying, oh, I can't do that because my hair is too frizzy, it might be a challenge, but you know, like I said, this French concept of honoring what is, honor your hair's texture, take care of your hair's texture, and your hair will love you back. And I promise in six months, if you can do it, you won't need to do these blowouts all the time. Always remember that the, you know, this sort of this confidence, this effortlessness that we see in French women really comes from this place of not seeking approval and not gilding the lily and also them you know not doing so much makeup or styling effects so that we're not listening to what they're saying we're not you know we're we're not sensing their personality you know that said the french do have this they do respect the level of perfection when it comes to beauty that that american women hold themselves to but they'll say entre elles amongst them that it's a ton of work and they would never do it. And I would add to that that it's honestly you're it's a distraction from who you are. It's so easy to be caught up in what we are. We want to be beautiful. But it's so gratifying to love who we are and to show the world who we are and to remember that you know, these things, these beauty tricks and hair tricks and styling tricks, these are, these are just, um, that's our frame. And it feels, it feels so great to feel well put together and it feels so great to feel attractive. I'm not denying that at all. I'm just considering, I'm suggesting considering not doing it to such a degree that that's the main thing that we see. Now, before look at my notes for a second, I want to make sure I get through everything. I wanted to talk about style in general. Um, I also wanted to talk about entertaining. Let me talk about entertaining first because it's really, really fast. So I actually loved entertaining already when I lived in LA, but what's been great for me learning how to do it French style is so much pressure is take, has been taken off. For example, I'm going to this, this dinner tonight. I'm making a tartatin. It's so much fun and, and sincere to make something to take to a party and it doesn't have to be fancy and it takes this pressure off of having to bring something really expensive and again it's this concept of actions speak louder than words right they'll know that I'm going to spend a couple of hours today going to do the shopping and making it avec beaucoup d'amour with lots of love and that is going to be memorable if I spent 30 euros on you know a tartatin from a fancy, fancy place that would show um, that would show that would show respect, and it would show that I could afford that, but it wouldn't be as filled with love. Also, P.S. It's August, so I don't know where I would do that right now. Anyway, everything's closed, but I really do want to make this tartatin because I want to include. I'm practicing a recipe that I'm going to include in the Art de Vivre class. And talking about that class, I made a promise on Instagram that I'm also going to talk about l'apéro. So I love these apéros that people throw at their homes. They're intimate, they're casual. It's never more than like five or six people. It's a great chance, to, a great way to just sit around a table, have some champagne. It doesn't have to be, you know, the best, best, best champagne. Um, everybody brings a bottle. 
Now, in in prior times in France, you would never drink wine before dinner, but today, you know, you can have wine at your apéro or maybe a cocktail. And it's nothing fancy. We really just sit around, and everything's presented in a beautiful way, but there's little finger foods. There's always cherry tomatoes and peanuts. (laughs) Cherry tomatoes and peanuts. Maybe some fromage, maybe not. But again, it's less about what we're drinking and and um, and who brought what, as it is about everyone creating the time to be together. So to close out, to talk about personal style in general, I think that, um, you know, number one, my best advice is when it comes to clothes, have a tailor and know him or her very well. I have many things tailored here now, especially things that I get from Vide Dressing. This is literally called a clearing of the closet. These are great things to try and find when you're visiting France because French women are very minimalist. And I'm sure you're getting a sense that minimalism is sort of a theme here in what I'm sharing with you today. Um, so you can get some great brands, some great marque. Marque, une marque is how we say a brand in French. Um, for example, I just got a beautiful Sandro dress for 10 euros at a vide dressing at Hotel Grand Amour about six weeks ago and I had to have it tailored because it was a little loose um, in the bust so I had it tailored for 10 euros and now I have my beautiful red little summer dress to ride around my bicycle in Paris with can you imagine for a total of 20 euros so know your tailor well but on that topic know your body well and take care of yourself I remember there was a period, um, well, a couple of periods because, you know, that's, that's how life is. Our weight fluctuates where I wasn't happy with my weight. And so instead of just really being honest with myself and taking care of my body and eating better and um, maybe going to the gym or doing more yoga, instead of that, um, you know, I was just buying buying new clothes because I wanted to project a certain image. I wanted to project a certain um a certain look that that I just didn't have. Again, it's this French concept of honoring what is. Être bien dans sa peau, to be well in your skin. I love this French expression. Take care of yourself. Take care of your heart. Take care of your relationships. Take care of your values. Take care of your body. Take care of your skin. Take care of your hair. Take care of the way that you communicate in the world, and all of these other topics that are so fun to talk about, you know, beauty and dating and style, all of these other things then just become these beautiful cherries on the cake. The cake that is you. So what I want to stress before I sign off, and again, there's another call tomorrow, so if you would like to tune in, Tomorrow, the sorry, that was just my my papers ruffling. Tomorrow, the call is at 6 p.m. Paris time. Um, what I'd like to stress is this notion of things coming from the inside going out in French culture, meaning I'm dressing in a way that makes me feel empowered, and so that's what I'm putting out to the world, versus I'm dressing in a way that I think will make me look good to other people right? Or I'm honoring what is in life and in my relationships and in my feelings instead of 
trying to make them be something I wish they were. Or I'm saying what I want in love instead of acting in a way to try to get what I want. I'm taking care of myself to really truly be beautiful from a healthy standpoint, right? To then project that energy into the world. I'm organizing my time based on what I need to do to accomplish my goals, based on what I need to do to feel rested, and then I'm creating time for what's important to me. For me, French culture has taught me to be more minimalist when it comes to both material possessions and also my communication, because I'm communicating in a much clearer way. I'm communicating in a way that, 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 that says much more clearly to those that I love and to the world what, what I want and what I'm working towards. And it's also really helped me to be less approval-seeking, to, to seek my own approval, right? And to seek others' respect. And I don't mean that in a, oh, you know, you need to respect me. I don't mean that in an aggressive way at all. I mean that just juxtapose this American notion of being nice. Maybe, food for thought, think today about, about being nice and really what, being, what, what that is. You know, I place a huge value on kindness, being nice for me the longer I live in France is, um, you know, it's like la politesse. It's great. It's so important. It's politeness. It's, it's, it's really, really important. But respect, respecting other people, respecting yourself, that has a higher status here in France than simply being nice. And let's be honest, really being nice is easy. Respecting yourself, respecting other people through the time that you make for them, that's something else. And I believe, this is my own experience, really working on these, these core concepts then makes these, these topics of, you know, doing makeup like a French girl and having French girl hair and dressing like a French girl and reinventing your style makes those topics so liberating and so much fun. And that's what they should be. They should be fun. They are not who you are. They're an added pleasurable layer to who you are. Et voilà, mes beautés. I would love to hear from you. Those of you who are only listening on the recording, I'd love to hear your thoughts about the call. I'll post about it on Instagram and uh, I'll post about it on Facebook too so that you can post your comments below. And I always love hearing from you via email as well. Stay tuned. It's the big weekend for the announcement of L'Art de Vivre, my course teaching you about love, family, dating, beauty, style, work-life balance with some recipes, French style, the most important things that have changed my, oh, not changed, evolved my my inner world since moving to France. And special announcement, I've also decided to add an intermediate French course that will be the perfect compliment to it. So watch the website for that. Je vous embrasse très très fort et je vous souhaite un très beau samedi. Bisous. Ciao. Oh, and I just said I kiss you really hard and I wish you a beautiful Saturday. Bisous. Ciao.